Welcome to Nerd Cannon. I'm Beth. I'm Paul. This is a podcast where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they are good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Today's topic is Who's the Boss? Yeah, it is. <laughs> who's the Boss ran on ABC from 1984 to 1992, created by Martin Cohen and Blake Hunter. It starred Tony Danza, Judith Light, and Alyssa Milano. There were 196 episodes in total, and it was nominated for more than 40 awards and won a bunch. It was very successful in the ratings. The synopsis of Who's the Boss for Anyone Who's Been Living Under a Rock is that Tony Maselli, a retired baseball player, becomes the housekeeper of Angela Bauer, an advertising executive in New York. Together they raise their kids, Samantha and Jonathan, with help from Mona, Angela's man-crazy mother. (laughs) Sometimes the synopses make me laugh. Paul, what was your experience with Who's the Boss as a kid? It was a thing I watched. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so here's a question I had for you, thinking oh. about my own experience. Do you remember being... You had cable, right? I did. Yeah, so you're not going to have the same thing. I remember Network Wars. Yeah. And, you know, we had... I didn't have cable, so I had... ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, basically. Mm-hmm. And some other and random Fox was weird like things. Rebel. Yeah. And <laughs> then, then there was like UPN for a while. But anyway, the WB. And it was like they each had their own thing. And they it was very much on we're running this show against this show. Sure. And yeah. you have your lineup. And it was important which show ran against. Absolutely. And I don't ever remember even giving two shits about which show was on which network. Like, no. And right, you weren't gonna, you weren't like an NBC fanboy, right? You weren't gonna watch whatever show you like. Was anyone? I want to know. Was anyone like, oh, I'm a, I prefer CBS Um, to NBC. I feel like people Um, maybe gave shits about the news, and I think people. Is that it? I was just too young for the news. Like, for example, like. I feel like my mom still watches local news, and, like, she has her channel that she likes. Like, yeah. I don't know which one it is. NBC, maybe. So, like, she watches Channel 2 for the news, or maybe you like the Today Show more than you like Good Morning America. Because those things are kind of directly competing, and it's sort of the same bullshit content. Yeah. Like, how who are you going to hear the weather from? Who are you going to hear about sports right. ball from? But once it's beyond that, I can't imagine anybody giving a shit. Like, I'm not going to watch this show because it's on a different channel. Probably the last time I really watched network TV was college, like 20 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, do they still do lineups? Is there such a thing like TGI Friday? Or this one was in a Saturday night lineup, I think. It was. At some point, I don't know if it began that way. Um, I definitely didn't watch the beginning of this show, and right. again, it was too, I was too little. But I definitely watched it in syndication, and I definitely mm-hmm. watched the the last bit of series that were sure. on. I definitely missed a lot of the sexual innuendo and more that was in this show. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how much the plot was about who's going to have sex with who. But then they, yeah. I don't know. I'd, I don't know. I was just curious because, like, I remember very much the network thing being important but not caring about it. And I wonder, like, did anybody care about 
I'm watching this sitcom lineup versus this sitcom lineup. Do you remember? We just flipped. Hearing I don't about know. like Nielsen families. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that was a thing. And I there was a part of me as a kid that was always like, man, I wish like I could be a Nielsen fan. Like I wish right. they gave a shit about what I was watching because I would make there be all these whatever <laughs> kind of shit. You know, like. It's probably a good thing I wasn't a Nielsen family. Oh, I filled sure. out one of those things as an adult, though. They sent money. Oh, did you? Yes. And I said, I don't watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. They send cash. They send cash to you. It's like a $5 bill or something. Oh, a crisp $5 bill. Yeah. And then they're like, we'll send <laughs> you more funny. if you fill the thing out, I think. I don't remember exactly. Great. But yes, I, I was a Nielsen person once upon a time. That's really funny. I remember watching this a lot too, but I don't remember, I don't remember having a super positive or negative thought about it. I just, it was just a part of the world. It was it just was. on yeah, and I really. saw it. But all um, those shows were just part of a world. It was, it was right. like and I, growing pains, like, family ties. Yes. And it's like golden girls adjacent in uh-huh. my head because I felt like, you know, there was like a sex crazed old lady and that was similar. <laughs> I will say that. Teenage Alyssa Milano very much reminded me of my actual teenage sister. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I there they seemed similar to me. I, I don't know, um, and so that was something I always felt like a little bit like she was my big sister on that show. Like I I liked it felt uh, like homey yeah. to me. It felt comforting to me. Um, my sister, I always thought my sister was. I still do. I think my sister's the bee's knees. And you always say that because she's maybe, probably listening, right? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if she's not, I guess I don't love her as much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, that was always something I remember thinking about as a kid. Obviously, Alyssa Milano grew up to be in a lot of other things, and she's like still acting. But mm-hmm. anyway, that was my um, that was my childhood thought. Paul, would you like to hear a fun fact? Yes, always. Uh, so, this premiered the same night as The Cosby Show and ended on the same night as Growing Pains and MacGyver. Oh, that's going to be an awkward episode. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it ended the same night as Growing Pains? Like, they ended both shows at the same time? Yeah. Was that, Were they yeah. on the same network? See, I don't even know what network. I don't even know. Yeah, whatever. Okay. So, there was almost a Mona spinoff, uh, but it was quashed because they were nervous that it would affect the main show's ratings. They were hey, like, oh, what? I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this. You know how long it took me to realize that the, the isn't the NBC logo a peacock? Yeah. Yeah, th- that never clicked. I was probably like 25 when I figured out that it was a I freaking peacock. It. Yeah. The okay. Network. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Sorry. And like he like comes on the screen. He like walks Dude, his little animation. He comes on the screen. He like walks out sometimes fuck in his little you. tail fans. Fu- no, fuck you. That's a real thing. <laughs> Somebody back me up on this. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was funny that they were like, oh, if the old lady leaves, no one's going to watch the show. She's got the best lines. She does. Speaking of Mona, um, she was originally intended to be Angela's older sister, but producers were unable to find an age-appropriate actress that they liked. That's so, not true. I mean, I read it a lot of places. Um, okay, so, they so the, decided- the male directors couldn't find... They One needed, single woman who is the same age as no, she would have Judith Light. To be slightly older. Okay, and sorry. There are no women slightly older than listen, Judith. Listen, listen. Um, no, really, because it would have needed to be someone who was like slightly older and could be sexy, but not in sexual competition for her. Because clearly the sexual tension needs to come right, between okay. Angela and Tony Danza. So the sister would have needed to be. 
at that awkward, like, Super. old enough, whatever. So they decided to just make her the mother. And so they redeveloped the character to make her the mother. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I do think it makes sense for the role that she, like, fulfills. Because if it was someone who he could also potentially have the hots for, then it would have been, like, a weird love triangle. And they already made that show, and it was called Three's Company. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, the character Tony Maselli was ranked number 23 in TV Guide's list of the 50 greatest TV dads of all time. Okay. Uh, was Wait, what number was he? Uh, 23. Well, that was respectable. Yeah, out of 50. I, mean, I want to know who's time. number one. I don't know. I should have looked. Bill Cosby? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> second time, second mention. <laughs> the show was originally titled You're the Boss. Uh, who's the Boss is better? Who's the Boss is better, and it leaves it more um, sort of open-ended that really yeah. at any given time any of them could be the boss, yeah. like, which I think is part of the gig of the show. Frank Sinatra made a guest appearance in a 1989 episode, as well as Ray Charles and Mike Tyson. Oh, you left off the greatest guest appearance. Leslie Nielsen Mm -hmm. played Max, who was engaged to Mona. I still got a better one. We'll get to it a little bit. I'll tell you. All right, right, right. right. Uh, I thought Leslie Nielsen was pretty good. He played Max, who was engaged to Mona in a 1988 episode. Oh, that's good. I I should have watched that one. Yeah, I. You know, I thought about that later. I'm like, why didn't I find that one to watch? Yeah. So those were my Who's the Boss fun facts. Yeah. Tell me about. Watching Who's the Boss, Paul? I couldn't stop watching it. I watched he was five episodes me about it. <laughs> I got a little obsessed with it, and I definitely don't remember the first episode. I, so I did don't you think watch I watched the pilot. I watched the first so four, I. and then one random, sort of random one. Okay, we got to talk about the theme song. This is such an 80s theme song, There's right? There's a time for love and a time for living. I haven't thought about this fucking show. In at least 20 years, and the second that fucking song started, I knew every word. And I said this to no less than three people at work in the last two days, and they were like, the choice is up to you. But, <laughs> like, the minute I said it, yep. everybody, there's something so, like, visceral about a TV theme song that you've heard a thousand times. Right, yeah. It's also written a- by the creators of the show. Okay. So, second time that just the creators of the show were like, we will also write a song. Uh, and it annoys me that people could be so talented. Yeah, <laughs> Not that I'm saying that this sucks. is a work of art, but what like, dicks. that's uh, impressive. Alyssa Milano is absolutely tiny in the first episode. Yes, she's a baby! I and think so she gets bigger between the first episode and the second episode, or the second and the third, or somewhere in there. It's possible that the pilot was filmed earlier, because sometimes, I mean, that's how a pilot okay. works sometimes, yeah, you yeah. shop it around. I think it's you know, I'm a was, TV expert. She, she changes a lot <laughs> in the first two, ep- or th- maybe it's the first three episodes. She's super tiny when they're when he's like yelling at the neighbor lady out the window, he's going right, to get in his van, right. and she's tiny. Yeah, I watched the first two, and then I watched... A, like a middle of the series one, and I watched one in the eighth season. See, I looked, I watched a couple clips from later, and I, I definitely recognized the cast more from the later As episodes. Older, yeah. Like, I think Mona changed quite a bit, and of course, the kids changed the a kids lot. The kids grew up, yeah. The, in, in the first few episodes, the kids are really just props. They are not, there's no plot really surrounding, they're like, right. here's a thing, that's going to get the kids out of the way so we can do this thing with the adults. Or right. they have a few throwaway lines and then they're like off to school. Yeah, or, there's a funny thing, I think, in 
shows, and even sometimes in movies, like I would think about this in the Harry Potter movies, like when you cast a really young kid and then your show goes on for eight seasons, like yeah. you just got to work with what you got right. and like hope That's a gamble. that they grow up okay. <laughs> yeah. And like obviously who's the boss fucking won because Alyssa Milano like grew up to be beautiful and could act. Right. Um, and, and what's his pants? Jonathan. Jonathan. You know, he was okay too. I mean, he was... I did not I, like him as a little. I mean, he's like a was a slightly effeminate dude as yeah. an older as an older teen, but I mean, he was still like attractive and he seemed to do okay as far as like I mean, I only watched like one episode when they were older, but this is Tony Danza coming off of Taxi, right? Is it? Is that yes. right? Yep. I don't know anything about Taxi. That was definitely before. I didn't ever watch Taxi either, but in the episode I watched that was in the eighth season, they made a couple jokes about, hey, are you that guy from Taxi? And he kept saying no. Oh, okay. I, so in the... So this so is we, like his big solo break then, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So if we both watch the pilot, I have a couple specific notes. So obviously the premise of the show is she's a high-powered woman and she's mm. going to have this housekeeper and they're flipping the gender roles, right? Like... But it was very fun. And, and, like, I know this, right? I know this. I can obviously tell you that. But, like, watching it and watching the experience of it and the way that they discussed it was very funny to me to watch, like, as an adult and trying to be thoughtful of it. Yeah. But step one, she comes downstairs in full makeup with dry hair inside a towel. And I said so. I mean, her <laughs> towel is perfect. I mean, she pulls out the towel and her hair is perfectly done. Yeah. Um, she makes a joke about Joan Crawford, which, yikes. Um, See, I get that. Don't (laughs) get that, really. I don't know Joan Crawford. No more wire hangers. Okay, I don't get that. Beating her child with a hanger. That's a real thing. There was a Mommy Dearest movie, apparently. Oh, shit. That's a child abuse joke? Yes! That's a child abuse joke. I will beat you with a wire hanger like a Mommy Dearest. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm hmm. I, that's. Like, just like, real casual. I watched and it, and I, I was like, I should probably like, look that up. Nah, I'll just look So that. I watched two, and there was other ones I didn't get. There was other jokes she made that I didn't get. There's an Albert like Schweitzer. She, yes, and I felt like she was making a lot of jokes to this child. <laughs> like, who is the who audience she really for that? Be, who are these for the benefit of? There's an Albert Schweitzer reference. I was like, holy shit, like, what the hell is happening in this show? Is that the audience? Like, does the audience understand that? Right, and like, if... I mean, not to, like, break the fourth... Who would she... Like, to whose benefit is she making that joke if there's no audience there? But then I remember that sometimes I say really dumb shit to my kids because (laughs) I'm, like, so short of losing your mind when you have kids and you're alone. Um, I like that. So then she's all like, no, you can't have this job. You're the wrong sex. And then Mona says... Don't be sexist. A man can do meaningless, unproductive work just as well as a woman. (laughs) (laughs) And so, if my quote from legend was about how women have the power to create, this is a slightly different message. No, but I think that's supposed, she's, that's, yeah, she is. She's not saying that for real. She's being sarcastic about it, right? And none of, none of this treatment particularly offended me or anything like that. I just, it was an interesting, it was interesting. So, I thought it was a, it's a terrible laugh track, but then. Oh, yes, that was my first note. I think I got used to it. Like, I think you get used to it once you start listening to it. There's very much, I'm going to deliver this line and then the laugh track's going to kick in. Well, so let me ask you this. Is it a laugh track or is this a live studio at audio? Oh, I don't know. Because sometimes in some of the episodes I watched, I felt like people really were, there was like one or two particular laughs I could pick out. Was it your friend laughing really loud? That's (laughs) like episode two or something. Go back and listen to that one. The callback. 
let's let's look that up. We got we got to know if it was Yeah, we got to know. It's going to be like live studio audience, right? Mhm. But in that sense, I think if it was, then that makes a lot more sense for It makes a lot more sense to wait the beat. To wait the for beat the to laugh. deliver the line, wait the beat for the laugh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't tell. I yeah, it, I don't know. That style, I think it got more snappy as sitcoms sort of grew out of the 80s into the 90s and stuff. Yeah. But it was very much the time where it was very much, I'm going to deliver this line, we put the laugh track, and then it's not a real conversation. They're not having real conversations. They're right. delivering lines. Like, to just yeah, get that. Yeah, they're not acting. Well, they're, some of these, they're, they are, yeah, they, but they're, they're saying not. their lines. Well, it, Here's a question, uh, overall note I had, which was, is Tony Danza acting at all, or is he really just <laughs> is he a... Is just Tony Danza? Is he just Tony Danza? He, is he really just sort of a goofball doofus? He's, I think he's lovable in this. He's like a lovable doofus. Yes, he like, he's lovable. That was actually one of my notes. Is it like him, he, or is he acting? He was charming, more charming than I would have guessed. Yes. And I also wrote... He's kind of hot, and I feel weird about that, because I never would have, you know, when he comes downstairs with no shirt on, and he's got a tattoo, and he's got this baseball bat, and he's going to protect her. And like, right. Oh, my God, that sleazebag. Oh, is he a sleazebag? Not Tony. Not Tony. Yeah, the, no, that's what I'm saying. The other guy is. She's into it, though. Okay. The the, I read this as... She feels pressured to sleep with her boss because she she's wants worried to bang him. I don't think that she really does. She doesn't. I think she does when they're smooching. I in the think kitchen. that is a power differential, and to. that is sexual misconduct on oh, his part. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that. And she is in a bad position because he is using his position to make her feel like she has to. I'm just going to say that I was watching it and it was almost to the end and I thought to myself, I get what's happening here, but the feminist in me really doesn't like that he feels he needs to tell her who she should sleep with and explain to her Tony. why she's making yes, why she's making a bad decision. It isn't his fucking business. He met her 5 minutes ago. Okay. And he's imposing all sorts of patriarchy bullshit on her and so you're right so let me ask you this though so tony comes down think i so he's coming down because they broke a plate yeah like i think he's inserting that himself into that situation because he thinks angela is in yes. trouble so then what should happen though in that moment is when she, she should says, be like no, get no, out and he should be like fine. okay bye and he should be like okay bye i trust you to handle this situation yeah. you're my boss yeah. and you have it under control because you were smooching. Like, it, it's understandable for him to come in the kitchen and think, I need to help, like, something is amiss. And then yeah. for you to realize, oh, I actually interrupted, like, an intimate moment. Sorry, bye. Like, yeah. that's not what happens. Right. I also was almost to the end. And, like, guys, I'm a pretty hardcore feminist. Like, for I didn't, I was really able to suspend that warning bell of the patriarchy for much of the episode <laughs> because of, you know, he was charming, but then he's really, he's ragging on her. He's, like, knocking on her door in the middle of the night to talk to her about it and tell her she's going to regret her decision and she'll never know if you really liked her and blah, yeah, blah, blah, okay. questioning her worth. And so, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if, like, 1985 me, like, if I was, you know, an adult woman then, I don't know if I would have thought that, but, like, it definitely didn't sit great with me. And I'm not mad enough about it that I wanted to, like, stop watching it or anything. Like, I wasn't super grossed out, but but I have to say, like, that was definitely a, a patriarchy move. Yeah. And uh, he felt like he 
was in a better place than her to tell her who she wanted to sleep with. Yeah. And I don't love that. But the, okay, the end of the episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what about this? At the end of the episode, it's Tony and uh, Samantha in the kitchen. Yeah. And she's like, Samantha says to him something about, I don't have yes. an exact quote. She's like, how can she do this? Like, she's how a woman. How can she make so much money? How does she have this house? And Tony's yep. like, you can do whatever you want. He says she's got it mostly all together. She works really hard. She's really good at her job. She's really she's smart. She's very, like, very he smart. He says, and that was very good. Like, he, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So he's not losing full credit or anything for me, but I did have to think about it for a moment, and I had to bring it up, because it... Yeah, and then it's, well, and then she's yeah. the part I liked is like Samantha's like, okay, I'm gonna be manager of the Mets. Yes, and, and he's, he's like, like go, go for it. it. I yeah. can't wait to see that. Like that was all very good, and I, I really like it. Didn't make me hate it or anything, but I had to bring it up because like it set off my little alarm bells. We also have to talk about oh wait, ayo, <laughs> the Tony Danza tagline, which I totally forgot about. Oh, I didn't even notice it. Oh, it's when he's threatening that guy with no shirt on with a bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he says it, I feel like, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like he says it more, and I feel like when people joke about Tony Danza, that's like the thing they say. Yeah, that is the thing they say. Yeah. Um, speaking of, did you watch the second? You I watched the did. second one? So the second one is about, the whole beginning is her telling him, hey, you have to like clean in my bedroom right. and my bathroom yeah, and like wash my crazy. underwear. Yeah. That and whole interplay, he's super skied. He is. He gets some of it back though. He he gets he over does. it, and he, he does. starts talking about okay, well, like if I'm gonna really be your housekeeper, I, here's some suggestions for how like yeah. But he also says you're dainties. And you're well, but they're both He's they're really, like, they're freaked out. both freaked out about it. They are. They are. It's a very funny thing, and so I, I think it's really interesting how they talk about some of these gender roles. Like that was, I mean, really groundbreaking, right? Like yeah. do you think, or I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I actually liked, through the ones I watched, Tony was pretty open about, yeah, I'm the housekeeper. Like, so what? Right. Even to strangers. Gonna, yeah, and he, he was going to date that woman, and he wasn't, like, that yeah. impressive woman, and he wasn't embarrassed. He was like, yeah, she's smart. That's awesome. Right. So, like, yeah. and he does, he goes in the one of the later episodes I watched, he's, like, at a bar, and this woman's hitting, of course, everyone hits on Tony Danza. He doesn't he hit on. He is apparently the hottest he's dude. He's the hottest in dude in, in the that world. That bitch in the second episode <laughs> fucking rang the doorbell. Yes, she did. What? She came looking Huge balls on this chick. <laughs> I can't imagine. That is amazing. That's yep. a move I'm going to try. Okay. Yeah. Tell me how that works. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> Hey, I just saw you in your house, and I thought you were... Hey, I've been stalking you, and I think you're real foxy. That's... See, that's a progressive, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Cool, cool. Yeah, he's at the bar, and she's hitting on him, and he basically tells her, like, "I'm I'm a housekeeper, and... I think she's, I don't remember exactly what she said. She says something about, oh, you know, is that supposed to be a woman's job? It's like, no, you know, it's cool. Whatever. I work for this great person. I, I actually think that through the all of the episodes I watched, I mean, maybe it was something they told him. Like, this is a, I don't know, is it a gag? Or is it, this is okay? It doesn't, it doesn't feel disingenuous, No, though. that's like, what I'm saying. He, like, Right. He takes, I think it's pretty clear he's taking this job because he wants to provide a better life for Samantha. It's the way that he sees that she's going to live in a nicer home, be around higher class people, go to a better school, like get a better education. Like, I think he would take any job to do that. 
But right. he's also, like, legitimately good at it. He is, but he's really he's... bad at cooking eggs. Oh, they did look gross. <laughs> they are gross eggs. <laughs> but he got that fucker to eat them. I can't get my fucker to eat eggs. <laughs> that's, that's a lie. My kids like eggs. But he is I can't get framed as, eggs. like, super dad in this. I think that's probably why he's on that list of great dads. Right. But he, I mean, also in comparison to Angela, who is pretty not. mediocre right. at it. And that's not to say she doesn't love this kid, but, oh, no, you know. She, yeah. Yeah. And was, I don't remember which episode it was that I watched, but she is, Jonathan, they're leaving for school and Jonathan's like, oh, by oh, the it's way. the second one. Is that the one, the second one? Was, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I have this yeah. thing tonight, your parents right. night. And she's like, I can't come. I have this meeting. And then she cancels it and she comes home early. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, because then, then he sees her naked, right? Yes. Yeah. That was also a thing that happens. Episode two, it took until episode two until he saw her naked. Right. Yeah. Um, I would like to talk about Judith Light's hair. Yeah. It is a mystery to me. It is like very 80s, but I, I like borderline white. It is. Like it's really white yeah. blonde. And yeah. then there are sometimes when there's like a lot of root. Yes. Um, and it's sort of a porcupine effect. And I never, <laughs> I don't know, but she's like, she's pretty hot. Mm, no. Mm, yes. No. She's all right. Mm, Mona's hotter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. He picks Angela instead of that teacher in the end of the second episode instead of going on a date with the chick he like stands up for angela he really yeah. does have he exhibits a lot of like morals but you're right he he sh- like i guess part of me is i would say looking past the fact that i'm in episode one and two because i already feel like i watched it and they have this long-term relationship yeah they're still just getting to know each other i guess if i'm looking at it through the lens of my perspective is sort of, they already had in my head this long-term, pretty close relationship where what I should re- be really thinking about is he literally just met her and they didn't build into the show any, and maybe it's a, just a matter of that time too, but they didn't build in any sort of time for him to be not overbearing. Right. Well, this is what I'm saying about telling her after that's, meeting her. Yeah, that's after what I'm ten getting minutes, at. Ten minutes, he's like, let me tell you how to do all the things. Yeah. Well, he, he does it in the second one, too. Mm-hmm. I guess if you look at it through the lens of, like, like I, I feel like I am I have to get out of my head a little bit and forget that I s- watched this a ton because they do get to... Don't they get married eventually? In the eighth season, I don't think it ends with them getting married, but they are planning a wedding in the eighth season. Yeah. So they kept the will they, won't they for the for whole show? seven seasons. And then the eighth season, what I read was that it was starting to... Like, the ratings were starting to kind of stabilize or get low, and so they, like... Like, I think switched the time slot and got them together. Oh. Another fun fact about the eighth season is that Alyssa Milano was so bored of playing the same character for so long that she chopped all her hair off. Oh, nice. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. She I do really remember that. She hair in the last episode, or in the last season. I do remember that. Yeah. I gotta say, in the second episode, she definitely yells the title at him. Ah, yes! I wrote that in my notes. They use the, you're, you're like, cheer. <laughs> like, oh, they said the yeah. thing. They said the name of the show. They said the thing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so I was sort of proud of Tony at the end of the second episode for standing up for Angela. I agree. When he stood up and and like said get the fuck out. She's she's good people you need to leave. Like, yeah. yeah. And then I kept watching. <laughs> Paul's new favorite thing is who's the boss. Uh, did you in any of too. the episodes you watched did you see Angela's like goggle 
glasses that she had that were bigger than her whole face. I remember them. Yeah. I didn't see them in the episodes I watched, but also, like, everyone who wore glasses in the 80s had glasses that, like, apparently they were looking out of their cheeks. Right. Like, they were just these huge, big... That's so you can look in any direction, and it's still prescription. I mean, I'm wearing glasses right now, and they're pretty small, and I can look in any direction. You can't, though. I see my frames. (laughs) What about, at the beginning, it's the first... Let me go back to the 80s, because the end of breakfast, Jonathan and... Samantha have eaten eggs, which is apparently yes. the only thing they eat for breakfast. And yeah, there's nothing. There's no toast. There's no bacon. There's nothing they have the, Angela and Tony have a code about the cereal crunchy yeah. crawlers or something. Crawlers. And, the, and the kids have this line yeah. about, oh, it's really sex. And it's funny. because yeah, they're they, talking about sex. You know why they're by themselves? Because Tony's going to take Angela to the train station to go into New York City. Yeah. And they're like, okay, see ya. Get on the bus by yourself and go to school. These two little kids. So they're like, the, the two adults leave the house. I thought that was weird, too. They're like, bye. No one needs to watch you. You're no, like eight. You're tiny. Yeah. This is the first episode, so Alyssa Milano was even tiny. I don't know how old they're supposed to be, but they're clearly in elementary school, and the kid is really in elementary school. Yeah. And they're just like, okay cool get on the bus by yourself we'll we'll leave the house we leave the house and go get on the train but you're cool i just was like wow that's the 80s thing just, right i mean i used to get on the bus by i myself. know right but it, in I the used context to of now to school by myself in first grade absolutely but yeah man <laughs> anyway right, we don't do that shit anymore episode four i watched and it was about an old sorority sister comes to town it turns out that does she um, want to bang Tony? She, oh, absolutely. everybody does! But they don't. It's this weird... Tony turn, like shoots her down, but then he gets shot down because she says, I'm going to take you to the sorority party we're having. Yeah. And she, he gets stood up by her, basically. Angela defends Tony to this Trish woman. And Angela's like, no, you said to this to Tony, and you should take him, and he, she's defending him. The I think the in, interesting thing about the ending of it is that... Tony is dressed up. He is again. He's in a tux this time. He has a corsage for this Trish woman who who leaves out the back door because the hunky guy from college pulls up in a limo and he's like, "Hey, I'm looking for Trish. I want to take her to this party." He's never on screen, but they get a phone call, right? The obvious thing is for Angela to then take Tony, right? That yeah, would be right. And you like she starts to, and he's like, "No." You should go on your own. You're a powerful woman. You should show them who you are. Yeah. And you can stand on your own. And I was like, that's really, like, they didn't go with the obvious. Tony's dressed up. He's got a corsage. He just, he's like, here's your corsage. You know, I got this for Trish, but you don't have one. Here's, you know, here you go. And go be you and be great. You don't need me there. You don't need a crutch, like, to have me there. And I was was like, well, that's pretty good. That is good. But I also wrote down on a less serious note. The shoulder pads are out of control in this show. Yes, yes. Angela has some shoulder pads that they're I swear to control. God, they're like football player She's shoulder like pads. She's like Tina Turner and Thunderdome. Like, it's Holy no joke. Holy crap. She's got some, some shoulder pads. One line from Trish is, I'd love to have kids, but with my career, I never had the time. And Mona says, it only takes a few minutes. Uh, nice work, Mona. There's a lot of sex jokes in here. So, so. the joke, or you talked a little bit about the them supporting each other and some of that stuff. So I watched one. I was in the middle. Maybe it was like episode or like season five or six. It's called Men Are People Too. <laughs> so 
Um, Tony convinces Angela to hire um, his former coach to do some work around the house, and he's an older dude. It's Dan Hedaya. He's a character actor that you would totally recognize okay. um, from a million things. Usual suspects, like Clueless. Oh, he's her yeah, dad yeah. in Clueless. Okay, yeah. like, um, that guy. So he comes in. He's doing the work. He's ignoring Mona. So, of course, she has a huge boner for him then because yeah. he doesn't give a shit about her. So she woos him successfully. They go on a date and presumably have some sex. And then the next day, she, like, is not, you know, she's like, okay, like, mission accomplished. And he watches her go out the door with somebody else and he, like, is really bummed. So Tony has a whole argument with her in which he says, the name of the episode, (laughs) (laughs) which is men are people too, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's telling her, like, you can't just use somebody up because you're bored and then, you know, drop him to the curb like he really cared about you and, like, you only were interested in him because he wasn't paying attention to you. And, And then she goes in the kitchen to kind of vent to Angela. And Angela is understanding and they have a supportive conversation, but she is like, you know, you do kind of go through him and use him up pretty quick. And it doesn't come across as slut shamey, but more like think about people's feelings a little bit. And so that was another kind of interesting gender reversal I thought and and you know she's so much older so that was kind of nice too that like they can still show her having like a a healthy sex life and a good she's in school so yeah she's back in school so there's a lot of like good gender bending barrier breaking stuff happening I think so I mean that's that's pretty cool so So we talked about a lot of different episodes I gotta tell you the last thing I did I watched episode season three Episode 21, which is called Walk on the Mild Side. Okay. Where Angela decides she's going to do all the crazy things she didn't do as a kid. Okay. I forget why. I don't really care. The reason I watched this is because there's a guest star. And? Also funny that when I looked up episode best of the series episodes i want to see which people said like what's the best this was on the list of like the 10 whoever random people but the reason i watched it it is because the guest star was lee ving shut the fuck up (laughs) okay guys if you haven't listened to the clue episode you're gonna need to do that when you're done with this one, Lee Ving. Lee Ving was the was badass Easter egg of a human. He was badass Jake the Snake in high school, who every girl had a crush on, and Angela. Shut Angela. Up. Angela apparently had a weight problem in high school and college. Oh, that's like the go-to give a character depth. She also backstory. had some sort Woof. of like apparently got rid of her weight problem with a diet pill. Dependency, Great. but <laughs> Great. then I wonder because so, so leaving sings the blues. He's a bar singer. Does he sing in the episode? He sings in the episode. Holy shit! Tell yeah. me everything. So yeah, there's not much to tell. He he's gonna take <laughs> he takes Angela back to Inspiration Point, which turns out to be this ratty room in the back of the bar. Oh, she fuck. thought it was she thought it was like some whatever point you know yeah that makeout point. Make-out point. So her list, she's been checking off things on this list all episode long of the badass things she's doing. Of course, Tony takes her to some picturesque view. They're sitting in the van together. You just see them, the front of the van. And the end of the episode is she's almost done with the list, but she didn't make out at Inspiration oh, Point. Oh, yeah. So they kiss. And I don't know if it's their first kiss in the series or not. Like their first actual... Is it sexy? Eh. 
I don't know. It's not like a long kiss. It's just. Is it just? And a then smooch? it's a smooch. She can like cross off her the last thing. Right. The, the, the episode ends. I think just right. So after. the important thing to ask is. Is leaving as good of an actor in this episode as he was in Clue, aka Terrible. He is of equal quality. Great, <laughs> well done, sir. Yeah, that's amazing. Yep. So, um, I watched one of the eighth season where Tony Danza played himself and also another character that was like the nice version of Tony. Oh, okay. And had a crazy mustache. So, yeah, that that happened. So by season three, the kids were more of whole people. Yeah, by the by season eight, Sam has a short haircut and is married. Okay, well there you go. And so yeah, so they really go through a whole arc, which I I mean I had to put it together. I hadn't watched the whole season. I just watched one at like that I picked at random, and so in season three she was super excited. She wanted to stay out at the mall all night to get tickets for the Beastie Boys who were coming yeah! to town. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so so nerd cam okay. Yeah, well, so literally, like, I watched all these episodes, I wrote all these notes, we're recording, we've been talking, I still don't know. What do you, what do you say? I, I think I'm a yes. It's, uh, you're right, it's really. I'm this, not a no. I'm not a no, but I'm but not I'm quite too a yes sure either. I'm not sure I'm a yes. I'm in the middle, which I don't think is part of our gig here. I mean, you gotta take a stand, right? Yeah, we have to make a verdict. I almost feel like I need to watch more not who's the boss. This is an excuse for Paul to watch 15 more episodes. No, 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 no. Not of who's the boss. Of, of some th- of other 80s sitcoms to compare it to. Oh, like you have to pick one 80s saying. sitcom to. I don't think we have to pick just one, but. We don't. I think I'm a yes. It's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I think you have a lot of enthusiasm for this. I do. I think I'm a yes on this one. Let the record show that Paul's wearing a Tony Danza t-shirt right now. No, he's not. <laughs> he's wearing a Lebowski shirt, everybody. Yeah, I I think I'm a yes, too. It's not the most enthusiastic of my yeses. Right. Yeah, that's about where I am, too. I liked some of the some of the more empowering things that I saw in it, and they do seem to be genuinely, like, nice to each other, and so I'm not mad at that. I, I did have the thought, too, that this seems like before sitcoms just became sniping at each other and cutting everybody down for a laugh. Yeah, there's not a ton of that. In the later... There is some... Yeah. It mostly comes from the kids, which makes it sort of like takes the sting out a little bit. Right. Or some from there's a lot from Mona, which right she's the feels comic like relief. yeah. But I do think later on, ninety sitcoms, all the jokes end up being just cut everybody down. Right, and, right. And and I don't, I like this much better. Yeah, I agree. So okay, well mm-hmm. we liked it. Sort of question mark, but sort of exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Joe Costanza for writing our theme song. If you want more nerdy goodness, find us online at Twitter at NerdCanon. We're on Instagram at NerdCanonPodcast. You can email us at NerdCanonPodcast at Gmail. Um, we are open to suggestions for topics or comments. We will see you in two weeks with a Choose Your Own Adventure adventure with a special guest star. So we're really excited about that. And until next time. Sustain the nerdity. Perfect. <laughs>